You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast. Welcome to our new listeners. I think we have a lot of them, Matt, because uh, we're now everywhere, basically, on Google Podcasts. We're on, of course, Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, and now on Spotify as well. Matt Bove joining me, Sal Capaccio, and people have been clamoring for it, Matt. Get us on Spotify. That's where we are now as well. Well, that's where I listen to my podcast. It's just human nature. So when we finally got to Spotify, it was great because now we can tell everybody, okay, if you're a Spotify user, easy to find us. Just type us in the search bar and please hit that like subscribe button so we pop up every time. But it's been cool. This is our third episode. We've gotten some really good feedback. It seems like people have enjoyed it up to this point. Hopefully we can kind of keep that going here. Yeah, and of course, we want to let everybody know there are so many ways you can listen to it, and we always want you go to, to go to the Odyssey app and the Odyssey podcast section. You know, Odyssey giving us tremendous support for this podcast. Thanks to Jim Stelliano, who is our producer for this podcast. All of the bumps you hear and the music and the opening and all that, he was the one that really kind of put all this together, and he does every single time. So thanks a lot, Jimmy. We appreciate that. And Matt and I have a lot to get to on the Buffalo Bills. We are recording here, just so everybody knows, Transparency on Thursday night, June 2nd, and during the day on Thursday, June 2nd, Ryan Fitzpatrick retired. So this kind of fell right into our laps for this show, Matt, and we are kind of reacting in real time. I played golf on Thursday. I go on show up in the Bulldog on WGR. It's the first time that I Mm -hmm. was able to even talk about at all Ryan Fitzpatrick retiring until right now with you on this podcast. So How did the news hit you when you first read that Ryan Fitzpatrick was retiring and how did you hear? Made me feel old, Sal. I remember watching Fitz and he was, you know, for so many reasons, he was kind of like the face of the drought. And I don't want that to be a negative on him because he was a glimmer of hope for a little bit. Everybody loved Ryan Fitzpatrick. So to see Fred Jackson post the text message that Fitz set and then a little bit later, Eric Wood post that everything went down. It's just crazy. Ryan Fitzpatrick, played 17 seasons in this league. He played for nine different teams. He has had a lot of stops along the way, but there is just something about Fitz in Buffalo, and he has said it time and time again. People have asked him, what's your favorite spot? What's your favorite team? And he says the Bills. He doesn't even try and hide it. And then that was on full display in the playoffs in January when the guy was shirtless in negative temperatures outside rooting for the Bills while being the quarterback of another NFL team. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a legend 
for Bills Mafia, and he will be fondly remembered for a long, long time. I know I've seen a couple reports out there that maybe he's going to get into the broadcast game. I hope he does because I think he's going to be exceptional at it, and uh, I wish him nothing but the best. He is amazing. There's a lot of great things about Ryan Fitzpatrick, both on and off the field, that, that we can share here, I think, and mm-hmm. um, talk about. So I'd like to do that for a moment. But before I do that, Matt, who was the first Bills quarterback you ever remember growing up? Flutie. Oh, Doug Flutie. Okay. Flutie slash Johnson would have been kind of right when I was like able to comprehend what was going on and understand and watch. I mean, how old is Max right now? Max is eight. Max is eight. Okay. So I think like the Flutie Johnson era for me would have been when I was like six, seven in that range. So that was like the first quarterbacks that I remember. I think the first quarterback that I was like really into would have been Bledsoe because I was a little bit older. And then obviously, you know, we transitioned from watching the team as a fan to eventually covering the team and everything. But yeah, so the first ones for me are Flutie and Johnson. But I will say the Ryan Fitzpatrick era was right when I was in college, right when I was getting into college. And back in like 2010, that's when I graduated from high school, my friends and I all got season tickets. So the first couple of years that I had season tickets before I eventually transitioned to what I do now, Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. So a lot of memories of watching that guy inside at the time, Ralph Wilson Stadium. I was very fortunate. The first quarterback I remember right around the same age at that time for me would have been, you no know, seven, eight years old was Joe Ferguson. Yeah. And then, of course, right after that came Jim Kelly after a couple of down years and Kelly comes over, you know, but after Jim Kelly, that's right, right Todd Collins, and then you, you're Flutie Johnson. Mm-hmm. And since Flutie Johnson through Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, Fitzpatrick, there was a little bit after Fitzpatrick as well, but that era, that whole time, kind of just, there was a revolving door of quarterbacks, right? And I would think that, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick obviously made his mark on the organization for a lot of reasons. But the point I'm trying to make here is Ryan Fitzpatrick only played four years in Buffalo, Matt. Mm-hmm. He is number five on the all-time Bills passing <laughs> yardage list. And that just goes to show you how many quarterbacks they went through. Really, you're, you're kind of that age when that started. Because mm-hmm. I was Ferguson, then Kelly, and then there was Todd Collins. But right, right when Flutie Johnson started, that we had all these different guys. Ferguson and Kelly are atop or near the top of every list, basically, whether it's yards or touchdowns. Ryan Fitzpatrick has the fourth most touchdown passes in Buffalo Bills history, and he was just passed last year by Josh Allen, by the way, for third place. Yeah, yeah I think of Fitz too. I mean, obviously, I think it speaks to how bad it got for a little while here with the revolving door of the quarterbacks and how he was kind of the best of the rest after the Jim Kelly era. But it also comes down to just like the type of game that this guy played and just the passion that he showed and just his personality, both on and off the field. I think that resonated with people. I think people loved the fact that he wasn't from a traditional football school. They loved that he wore his wedding ring on the field. They loved that when he scored a game winning touchdown, he threw a game winning touchdown. He screamed like a child just out of pure jubilation and I think those were all the reasons why Bills fans love Ryan Fitzpatrick so much even though it was only four years it was only 53 starts I mean that's a that's a lot but he's in the same conversation as a lot of those other legends of the drought who played twice as many games sometimes three times as many games that he did 
Yeah, and you talk about that engaging personality. Let's uh, we we can share a couple stories here about Ryan Fitzpatrick. You gave a great story about Aaron Rodgers on our last podcast, or maybe it was the first one. Even actually, I think it yeah. was that we did. And if you haven't heard that, please go download it, subscribe to it. If you're just finding our podcast and just subscribing, we had only done two other episodes, and I think you'll enjoy them. And they're on the schedule. They're on the rookies and OTAs beginning. And Matt and I talked about a lot of stuff. So Matt shared a really cool Aaron Rodgers story. What about Ryan Fitzpatrick? What was your interaction with him you weren't necessarily covering the team I don't think at the time no. right I I don't think that would be the case but what do you remember about him well my favorite memories of Ryan Fitzpatrick the player would mm -hmm. have been when I was you know in college in those back-to-back -back weeks week two and week three yeah. of the 2011 season that was they start the season and they just destroy Kansas City and I think that caught people off guard a little bit then week two they fall behind pretty big to the Raiders and they come back, and that's the David Nelson touchdown right at the end of the game. That's the fifth scream. They start 2-0. and Everybody's really excited. Then the next week is one of the best games of the drought, if not the best game of the drought, when they fall behind big time, 21 nothing to the Patriots, and Fitz leads them back, and then he hits Fred Jackson on that little crossing route. He takes it down, half-yard line. They run out the clock, kick the field goal, and win. So from a strictly playing standpoint, those are my two favorite Fitzpatrick stories. My favorite Fitzpatrick story as a professional actually really doesn't have anything to do with me. I just happened to witness it firsthand. So our colleague, Jerry Sullivan, was covering the Bills when Fitzpatrick was in that era. Obviously, he was over at the Buffalo News. And during the Bills wildcard game against the Patriots in January, <laughs> Jerry, I probably should ask Jerry, if, eh, I'm just going to say it anyway. I don't think he would care. Jerry gets a text from Fitz and it's like, hey, Look down and to your left. So for anybody who's listening to this, the press box where we watch the game, sales down on the field, we're up in the press box, is basically above the tunnel and a little bit into the corner. So we are on the Bills sideline side of the stadium, and Jerry Sullivan gets this text from Fitzpatrick, and he's like, hey, look down and to your left. So Jerry is like, Ryan Fitzpatrick just texted me this, and he starts looking, and then he FaceTimes Jerry, and he's screaming without his shirt on in the freezing cold, and is like, oh, my God. He's like, let's go. Look, and you can see this guy just without a shirt on, like lifting his hands in the air, going like, let's go. And I was just like, I can't believe that this dude is here. And then a couple minutes later, the picture starts to circulate of him without the shirt on. And then fans start going up to him. And it's just like, what a legend. Like, that's just amazing that the guy just showed up to a game. No fanfare. Wasn't leading the charge. Wasn't down on the sideline with the team before the game. Just got a ticket. Showed up. Took his shirt off. Doesn't get much more Buffalo than that. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Do you know... The story of the Fred Jackson roast. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard from people who were there. I was not there. I've heard it was absolutely unbelievable. I was there. That is my most amazing, incredible memory of Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's nothing on the football field. It is we used to have 
a roast at WGR. Maybe we will again. We haven't had it because of the pandemic or whatever, but it's been a few years and we would roast somebody. And one year we were roasting Fred Jackson. So as tradition with any roast, you bring former teammates back and people who interacted with people. And Ryan Fitzpatrick was one of the speakers to roast Fred Jackson that year. And he goes up on the dais and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, I've been to a bunch of these things. The greatest roaster ever, not simply because of what he said. He said some great things, but how he acted and what he did. Matt, he stripped down to his underwear on stage in front of people <laughs> in a big ballroom. And he had like, and then he did, he, he looks like Conor McGregor, right? He, he had the whole, he takes the shirt off. He's got the chain on and he was literally in his underwear and he's like making fun of Fred Jackson while doing it. <laughs> and he puts on a tight Jersey. It was incredible. And people were going crazy. Now you're not supposed to take video at these things and share them. We say like, come on, you know, what happens at the roast stays at the roast. Yeah. I think there is video of it out there, by the way. I just <laughs> want people to know that if they want to see it. So I have to talk. And I, when I go up to, we all at WGR get a chance to kind of roast our guest celebrity. So it's my turn to go up there and I walk up and I got some jokes prepared for each guy on the, on the whole thing. But anyway, I go up and I start saying hi to everybody as my, my way up and I'm shaking hands and Eric Woods up there Fred Jackson's up there and Aaron Williams is up there for some reason. I don't know what happened. I missed like shaking hands with Ryan Fitzpatrick on my way up. So I get to the podium and I look and Fitzpatrick like standing there and he's got his, like shrugging his shoulders, like, dude, like, why didn't you shake my hand? What, what's wrong with me here? And stupidly, I, I, I thought of the joke afterwards in that moment. What I should have done was look right at Ryan Fitzpatrick and say, Ryan, I'm sorry. I couldn't shake your hands or else I'd probably be pregnant already. <laughs> that would have been good. That would have right? been really good. Yeah, because we all know, right. What he was, he had like seven kids, six yep. kids. I don't, I think it's one or the other. I don't know. Mm -hmm. and my apologies for not knowing the exact number, but it, you know, the, the joke is he has one for every city he played in or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was, he's great. And on the field, I will tell you, those are great memories you talked about. Covering him was great. I think what I want everybody to know, though, Ryan Fitzpatrick, as incredible of a personality and as fun loving and family oriented and engaging as he is, was one of the most ultra competitors you will ever meet and know. And I don't think people think of him like that, Matt, because of everything else we just talked about. But that guy, when that team lost, would wear it on his sleeve. He would wear it on his face. And you could tell that's a big reason why his teammates loved him. And listen, I'm not going to pretend like it wasn't three months ago that I was sitting here on Twitter and on the TV basically saying Ryan Fitzpatrick should be the backup quarterback for the Buffalo Bills this year. And it would be the perfect way of it all coming full circle because that competitive nature that he has is something that Josh Allen also has. And I don't know, maybe Case Keenum's the same way. He probably is. Case Keenum's obviously younger. He's probably going to be here for a couple of years. It makes sense what they did. And I think I understand why. But I was hammering the table like Fitzpatrick would be the perfect backup. This guy can still play. Some fans were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wherever Ryan Fitzpatrick goes, the starter always seems to get hurt. So we do not want that to happen. But I think it would have been cool. And I think that there's a reason his teammates have always spoken so highly of him. And that's because of one, the competitive nature he showed two, his personality. And maybe more than anything, he never took himself too seriously. This is a guy who's brilliant. He went to Harvard. He made a ton of money in the league. Like he could be a different person than he is, but he's like the most down to earth athlete that it seems like any of these guys ever played with. And I think that resonates with people. And I think the shame of it all is, uh, and look, 
I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's had a nice NFL career. How many people would do anything to have a, what, 18-year career, I think it is, total? Yep. He never played in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. I think he has the most games ever played without a player playing in the playoffs. I think that's the case. And Tequil Spikes was up there, too, but I think that's the case. It might. I don't think it's just quarterbacks, but that's the shame of it all. You know, and the Bills had a hand in that, by the way, not only because he was on poor Bills teams, they beat the Jets the one uh, year uh, that uh, the Jets came to Buffalo and a chance to make the playoffs, right? I mean, that was a that was a big deal. But I think that's the only thing that, you know, it's kind of soured on it. And I will say this too. I felt bad for him when he was pulled for Tua and they were playing really well. Yep. With him they were. in Miami in that that first half of that season. It was kind of one of those strange situations where the Dolphins needed to figure out what Tua was as they continue to try and develop as a team. But at that time, Fitzpatrick was playing great football. Was it the Raiders game? He came in and he threw the pass where his helmet was like covering his face and he was yeah. falling to the ground and they ended up winning that game. Or maybe I don't maybe they lost that game, but that play still I don't remember exactly. But no, he was playing good football. And I think that he would have played good football with Washington if he didn't get hurt at the beginning of last season. So I think he still definitely has game left in him, but he's got a big family. He's accomplished a lot. If there is an opportunity on the TV side of things, the radio side of things, take it. You've earned you've earned a chance to not take the physical toll that the NFL puts on your body. I'm very fortunate to work on the radio side of things with Eric Wood for a lot of reasons, but one of them is to get to know Ryan Fitzpatrick a little bit through Eric Wood. Ryan and Eric are very, very close. They're basically best friends, and the stories that he's told me about Fitzpatrick and you know, that playoff game, he came in the booth. I didn't see him that day. He came in during halftime to come see Eric. I was down in the field. But we wish Ryan Fitzpatrick um, all of the best in his next endeavors in his life and raising his kids and being around them. And he's earned it. He, Like you said, he, he's he's done everything uh, that I think a lot of people would expect him to be able to do it. And a lot more, I should say, in his NFL career coming from where he came from. So congratulations to Ryan Fitzpatrick.